We only got one life, so it's time to live it for. I don't hesitate, I embrace every day. Cause we only got one life, so it's time to live it for. It's not about trying to achieve more again, but rather how to lose and let go. Let me explain. Once you let go of all things that aren't significant, you'll be left with everything that is truly important. I'm living everyday life with a purpose. Living everyday life with a purpose. This is another episode of the podcast. Live it for. Hey, welcome to the Live It Full podcast. I am Richard. I'm your host. If you've never listened to us before, I'm glad you found us. Um, leave us a five-star review on Apple Spotify after you listen to this because we hope you get something out of it. Last week, I didn't upload a podcast for the first time in a while. Over the course of the past 14 months that Caitlin and I have been podcasting, whether we're in the studio together or myself or having guests, there's been very few weeks that we've actually missed um, I think it's important to put out consistent content and put out things every week to where people can benefit from it. Because I do believe motivation is like taking a bath. You got to do it a little more frequently. Can't expect it to last forever. But I like to talk about things that are important, that are near and dear to our hearts. Last week, I was having an emotionally heavy week um, for me. And some of it was on me, some of it was on circumstances, some of it was how I reacted to things. And I felt like a hypocrite sometimes because I get on here and I talk to people about how to handle life and how to live it to the fullest. But yet there are weeks that I suffer with um, melancholy or being overwhelmed. And in the last couple of weeks, I had let things get to me that normally I don't. You know, I had gotten out of that, out of my, my order of faith, family, finance, fitness. I had let things creep in that took my time away from my family and from my faith and <clears throat> things that aren't bad, but they weren't things that when push comes to shove, if I'm making time for other things, I need to make time for the things that we talk about, faith, family, finance, fitness in that order. And I know normally when I get into those cycles where I feel like I am overwhelmed or I have too much going on, or there's, there's, there's things that aren't going right. It's because I've gotten out of that. I've gotten out of, putting my priorities in order. But last week was already a heavy week. I was struggling with some things. Obviously, we're building a house. Um, we've got four kids. We've got businesses. Like think Life can be overwhelming at its best. But normally, 50 weeks out of the year, I handle it pretty well. But the last couple were some of those weeks that I don't feel like I did. And Caitlin could attest to that. And she's an awesome woman who always seems to, when she doesn't know what to say, she's there when I need her. But I was already in that kind of mindset. And then we had, I mean, it's made national news. So everybody knows we had a school shooting in Uvalde, Texas, which is Texas is pretty big, but it's still, we know where it is. We know people from there. We are close to it at times when visiting like San Antonio. It's not something that's in a faraway land. It's something that happened in Texas. And it was it was an elementary school, and you had you know fourth grade classrooms, and we have our our oldest is in fourth grade. So sometimes those things, I don't ever think that we become completely desensitized to things that we hear on the news or on TV on, or on on Facebook or you know social media. But when it hits closer to home, I think you have a different different response at times, or you pay more attention. Um, but I was already having a week that was about me. I was making about me in a selfish way, and then that happened, and. 
I couldn't find the words to sit down and try to record something about business or finance or anything else when I, when I could only think about what if, you know, there's, there's always those what ifs in your mind um, when you have children. And I don't think people can fully understand that if you don't have children, the level of worry that you have in general for their well-being, whether they're at the lake, whether they're with friends, whether they're having a sleepover, uh, it, it never ends. And and as a parent, you don't realize that until you have your own children. You know, you don't realize that your parents went through those same things. But we worry. We sometimes lack faith in that regard because we worry so much about our children and their well-being. And and to think that there were parents who didn't have children come home from like the last day of school who had softball games planned award ceremonies had made plans for the summer. It it's devastating to say the least. And I know every time these things happen, um, it, it's hard as a nation because we have half the people saying, we well, just need to ban guns. You have half the people saying that's not the problem. I'm an ardent second amendment supporter you'll find out that the the fifth f in my f4 faith family finance and fitness is firearms well maybe there's six with freedom i believe in the second amendment i believe that the second amendment made this country great i believe the second amendment protects all of the others and i know there are people out there that saying you don't need military grade weapons as an individual and i think it's somewhat because we're disconnected with what war does around the world what democide is And there may be those of you out there that have followed Live It Full that you don't love this message that I'm going to give, but I have to be authentic and I have to tell you how I feel about it. And if you choose to not follow us, that's completely fine. I do understand that. We may have different views on this. But I believe that, you know, I have to go back and look in the 20th century, there was something like 300 million people killed by their government. The term is democide. It's when you were killed at the hands of your government between Stalin, Pol Pot, um, the Chinese Communist Party when they came to order Hitler, um, the Holocaust, which we talk quite a bit about in history, was was devastating. But there were 10, 20, 30 times that amount of people killed by their governments in the 20th century. We're not talking 50, 100 years ago, 200, 300 years. We're talking like in the 20th century within 20 years ago. There's something like 300 million people worldwide that were, were killed by their government. So I am a big supporter of the Second Amendment. I think that it is necessary to provide a secure and free state. And when you look at events locally, I mean, not locally, but when you look at events that have happened in the last few months in Ukraine, when you have civilians fighting, taking up arms, don't tell me that we don't need to be armed as a population. But I don't want to get too much into that because that's a different podcast. That's a different conversation. It's not the message that I always provide with Live It Full with our faith, family, finance, and fitness. But I think your first priority in life is to God, to be a faithful, humble servant. But God tells us to take up arms sometimes and to fight evil. We have to be protected. As, as men, especially, we have to be protectors of our families. That is our number one responsibility. And we always look, I saw Zuby. If, you if you've listened to any of his, um, if you follow him, Zuby, at Zuby Music on Twitter, man, he said, we keep looking for political realm solutions when, for spiritual realm problems. And are being surprised when they fail. He said that in response last week. I saved it on Thursday. We keep looking for political realm solutions to spiritual realm problems. And then we are surprised 
when they fail. We as a country t- try to take, I understand separation of church and state. I understand the, the actual meaning behind what it was. We don't need an organized state religion. But when you try to separate people from God, people from their faith, people lose sight of good. They lose sight of hope. We're in a hopeless world, right? I mean, the world has fallen. It is a bad, there is evil out there, but we have hope because we know better days are ahead because of our faith in Jesus Christ. I don't, I really don't believe that we have a gun problem in this country. I looked up the statistics and y'all don't roast me on them if I'm not 100% right because I, I did my diligence, but I didn't write it all down. There's something like 20 million AR-15s in the country in circulation. Four hundred were used in shootings last year. It's a small percentage. There are over over fifty percent of the households in the United States own a gun. There are more guns in the United States than citizens. Yet there are very few shootings in re- in reference to the size of that population. And most of the shooting statistics that we use, I think sixty five percent of of deaths. Through by by firearm or actually suicides, and I'm not to minimize that. It actually goes into my next thing that I think is very important: is we have two huge, two massively huge problems in the United States. One is mental health, and maybe it's this way around the world. I can only speak coming from a small rural town in Texas, but mental health access to care taking away that stigma behind it, especially in young men. So without doing a ton of research or diligence, what you see most of the time in these shooter situations is they are young men who feel disenfranchised, who feel like they didn't belong and want to hurt people because they hurt. The majority of them also have been on some pretty heavy duty antidepressants, psychological medications, which when used appropriately, can change people's lives. But when they are not dosed correctly, when not taken correctly, when not monitored correctly, they can lead to devastating things. That is one problem we have in this country. We, we, we don't teach young men that it's okay to need counseling, that it's okay to admit that I'm not strong enough to handle this emotionally because it's not about strength. That's not what, I mean, that's how we feel as young men. So I say that, but like, we feel like if we can't handle it on our own, we're not man enough. Right. And so that leads me to the second part of this. The second part that I think is one of the biggest things. And maybe it leads to the first. Maybe it's the bigger problem out of everything. But it's, I'm going to give you some stats that Prager you, which some of you may not like Prager you. It is what it is. I, I look at a lot of different resources when I'm preparing for a podcast, but it is generally a more conservative white ring right-wing publication but they they posted last week did you know that children who grow up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crime nine times more likely to drop out of school 20 times more likely to end up in prison (laughs) we don't have a gun problem we have a mental health and we have a lack of capable men leading households problem it's really easy 
to be a sperm donor and have children and never be a father. Being a father is hard. Being a dad is hard. There is nothing easy about it. And we have a generation that is shirking their duties on that. We need capable, strong men who will lead their families. And guess what? I'm not slapping, not throwing single moms under the bus because I know that they are out there working their tails off trying to provide for their family. What I would urge you, what I would tell you, if you were a single mom out there raising kids on your own, get good men in their life. And I'm not talking about boyfriends or trying to find a husband even, because if you want to do the single thing, do the single thing, but get a strong male role model in their life. Keep them out of that cycle where 20 times they're more likely to end up in prison if they don't have a father in their household. Mental health issues many times stem from those things, from childhood trauma, from the lack of a father figure in their life. It's one of the biggest, biggest issues. We think that COVID as a pandemic was a terrible, terrible thing, and a lot of people may have died from it. This is going to kill more people over the long haul. It's going to break up more families. It's going to take people. It's going to take generational cycles, generational changes to fix some of the problems that start with one family who grows up without a father or a father figure. And I'm not saying, I mean, I I really, I don't want to ever come across like I'm talking to the, you know, saying that, that people are doing things wrong if they don't. Man, I'm not getting into those circumstances. I get it. Like things happen. Relationships don't work out. Guys leave probably because they didn't have a father themselves. They don't know how to do it. But children who grow up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crimes, nine times more likely to drop out of school, and 20 times more likely to end up in prison. We have to start getting to the root cause of the problem. Instead of trying to, you know, how, instead of trying to work on the effects of it, you know, let's say banning guns, whatever it is, it, that's like taking medicine to get rid of the, the, the pains from something, but never addressing the underlying problems. Guns aren't the underlying problem. It is mental health issues. And I think a lot of it stems in these young men from lack of father figures in their life. Adam Carolla tweeted the other day after that too. He said, every problem we have today, drugs, prison, gangs, domestic violence stems from broken families. Like recalling a bad medication, stop chasing the side effects and go to the root cause. We have to fix that before we will ever see anything change. It goes back to what I say all the time when we talk about hard times create good men. Good men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. And the cycle is fulfilled once again. We strong men who are out there, who are capable, who are protectors, must take a stand. We must fill the gap for those that don't have those figures in their 
lives. The past couple of years, I've seen us try to demonize masculinity by calling it toxic. No, the lack of masculinity is toxic. True masculinity shows love, shows protection. It shows it's being a father. It's so hard for me to even explain. Masculinity itself is not toxic. It's lack of it because what they, you see is insecurities. When you see people that you think are toxic, it is insecurities because of a lack of masculinity because they weren't taught how to be men. They do it based on who they saw, who the father figures in their life that may not have been great or the TV shows they watched where they saw things like uber, uber masculinity that's not even real. The greatest, strongest men I know were capable of extreme violence, but they kept it voluntarily in check, to quote Jordan Peterson. We need strong men. We need strong men to fill that gap, to take men, young men under their wings. And yeah, and, and tell them it's okay to hurt. It's okay to have pain. It's okay to talk about it. It's okay to say, I feel like I wasn't loved as a child. I can't imagine what going through some of these kids that I see through the school system and through youth sports and the things that I do in the community who haven't ever had that in their life. Because there's days that I look back and say, man, I, I, my dad died and I questioned for a while because I never heard him tell, tell me he loved me. Now, my dad was there for me. He worked his tail off to make sure he, we were provided for. He just wasn't good at it. You want to know why he wasn't good at it? At least this is what I think. It's taken me 38 years to figure it out. His dad died when he was 17 and he didn't know how to deal with it. He never dealt with it. In the, in the 60s, 70s, you didn't go to counseling. You didn't talk about it. I don't think he understood how to share that emotion because he never got over that trauma from his childhood. And I spent years questioning it. Was he proud of me? Did he love me? And I had the guy there with me. I can't imagine what is going through some of these kids' minds who don't have anyone there. But don't blame the guns. Don't blame something that is an inanimate object. There is evil in this world. And we all are capable of great evil. We are capable of great good. There's a battle going on inside of all of us, and we have to feed the good. When the evil is fed, it will come out. But I can't even wrap my head around somebody whose mind is so warped, so twisted, who has hurt so much in their life that they feel like hurting innocent children will make them vindicated, will make them feel justified, will make their pain go away. I can tell you right now, making other people hurt does not make your pain go away. It will never make your pain go away. But we, strong men, we must fill the gap. We must stand up and help those kids before it's too late. We have to tell them that there is hope. We have to tell them about the love of Jesus Christ and how we are all redeemed and that no one is past redemption. But I think that that is the single greatest threat to America is the lack of fathers, lack of men 
Because there's so much out there right now telling us not to be masculine, that genders don't matter. And I struggle with that because I understand that we are, men and women are totally different. And if you want to feel a certain way, you want to be a certain go for it. I'm a libertarian. I really don't care what you do, but don't tell me that being a man is a bad thing. You do what you want to do with your life, your body. That's between you and your creator and whoever else you want to take it to. But for me, I think that being masculine isn't a bad thing. That being a protector isn't a bad thing. That being capable of fighting evil with extreme prejudice, with violence, isn't a bad thing. You want to know what stops almost every mass shooting that has ever happened? It's when the second gun gets there. We live in a world that has fallen. You can take the guns away from the good people, the people who will never cause anyone harm without just cause. Guess what? Criminals, people who want to murder people, they don't obey laws anyways. You can't fix it by doing that. We have to address the mental health issues in our country and our communities, and it all starts locally. We have to rise up as strong men, as men of faith, men of families, and take our communities back. For the kids out there that don't have it, we have to fill that gap. And it's not easy. And it's not, it's not one of those things that's glamorous. It's not one of those things that you're going to get a pat on the back for all the time. And it's not one of those things that you are physically applauded for or rewarded, but it's one of the most rewarding things you will ever do. Imagine the impact you can have. Just one kid out there who's eight, nine, 10 years old that doesn't have a father figure in his life. Be that person. You know, it, it's attributed to Sermon Burke, and I've talked about it before, but the only thing for necessary for evil to triumph is the indifference of good men. We can no longer be indifferent. We can no longer say, I'm going to worry about my own. I'm going to worry about my children. We, as communities, as fathers, as a nation, have to fill that gap. We can no longer worry about our own because when we only worry about our own, kids fall through the cracks. They fall through and they do stuff like this kid did in Uvalde because he felt that he was so hurt, so unnecessary, so he had such pain in this world that he took it to hurt other people, other people's kids. It's because nobody stood up in the gap for him. I don't know his story. I'm guessing. I'm filling in blanks. But I'm telling you, I can almost bet based on the things that I've read about his home life, his grandmother, his mom, his dad. Nobody had those talks with him. Nobody sat down and said, how are you doing today? It's okay to hurt. Life is hard. Being a teenager is hard. People are mean. It's because they're insecure. Nobody had those conversations with him. We're going to find out in the next 10 or 15 years how important this is. 
how important it is for us to stand there. And I hope that we do. I hope that as a nation, we come together and we heal. That it's no more Democrat and Republican and left and right and all that bullshit. That we stand up and say, this is for America. This is for the nation we love. That we still have the opportunities to be free, to express our freedom, to have our faith family, have the opportunity for the American dream. But that dream will die if households think they don't need father figures, if they think that they don't need both, that they think they can do it without. We're going to create a generation of fatherless sons who don't know what to do. I'm going to end it there. Um, it's, it's in probably my normal podcast. I kind of yelled and screamed a little, but it, it hurts my heart to know what happened and to think about my children. There's a lot of evil in this world. Good men have to stand up. We have to be the difference. Be willing to do that. And I hope that you continue to always live it full. Listen to this entire episode. That means you gained some type of value. So make sure you leave a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode of Living Full. Living everyday life with a purpose. Living everyday life with a purpose. Make sure you embrace every single day. And we'll see you next time on the Living Full.